This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Since the dawn of creation, man has been fascinated by stories. Tales of good and bad, heroes and villains of myths and monsters. Tales of daring, do-bad and good-luck tales. And once in a while, when the stars align, out of the rich tapestry of yarns comes a legend. This is the legend of Nick and Joe. The Legend of Nick and Joe by Nick Bowden and Joe Listerstreet. Chapter 4 Master Merling! Master Merling! Wake up! Uh, uh, Windows 7 was my idea. What? Huh? Oh, little girl, whatever is the matter? I'm still waiting for you to start the story. You said you were going to start about half an hour ago. Uh, oh, uh, sorry, I, I, I must have dozed off. Well, yes, obviously. Uh, right. Okay. The story. Uh, um, what was it about? I don't know, do I? You're the storyteller. You got as far as Nick and Joe and then you collapse. Ah, Nick and Joe. Nick and Joe. By day, Nick and Joe worked a series of menial and degrading jobs. Hardly dignified work for two gentlemen, but perfect for Nick and Joe. By night... They'd dream of stardom, always dreaming, <laughs> never actually doing. Yes, yeah, funny pair they were. Now, which tale should I tell of them? Can you tell me one about Nick, please? Who? Nick. The other one. It's just the last three stories have all been Joe-orientated. Joe fakes his own death, Joe meets a ghost, Joe goes to America. Nonsense. What about when Nick got married or when he made that jigsaw? Somehow, I don't think two minutes of clunky exposition really constitutes a story, does it? Quality over quantity, I say. Mm, no, I can't remember either, to be honest. Very well, little girl. We'll play it your way. A story about Nick, eh? Ah, I know the perfect story. A tale called The Terminator. Joe was sitting at home. Master Merling! That's just how the story starts. Never fear. Nick's coming into the story... Now! Hi, Nick. Is it, Joe? Is it? What's up? The opposite of down. Oh, that's why I can't get my pants on. You're not going to believe the day I've had. I've told you before. The only thing that I believe in is the love of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Well, I'll tell you anyway. It's probably best to do it in flashback form, otherwise it's just going to be me talking on my own for ages. I know, what is this, Jack of Bloody Nori? I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I don't think. (laughs) Anyway. Not! (laughs) Anyway, it's not going to be like that. Look, we better get on with it before people get bored. Too late. It all started like this. Just tinkle those chimes, would you please, Joe? Tala. Where are those chimes from, by the way? Oh, they're from Giuseppe Listovich's personal artefacts, which he left to us after his death. By which I mean, I haven't contacted his family. 
and I never will. It all started this morning. I got up, went to work, came home, put some clothes on, went back to work at the hair replacement clinic, where my degree in dermatology was put to good use as the toilet cleaner. You work at a hair replacement clinic? Since when? Since about three years ago. What? That's where I've been going every day. Huh? Did you not wonder where I was? To be honest, I, I really didn't notice. Oh. Well, well, then this story isn't really going to make much sense at all. No, it's okay. I'm not listening anyway. Go on. Carry on. Okay. I could sense in my waters that something wasn't quite right. And not only that, something was wrong. What's wrong? That's me, by the way. What's happening? Haven't you heard? The clinic's been destroyed. What? Someone spilled a vat of industrial strength hair fluid last night. By the time they found it this morning, it spread throughout the clinic and eaten away at all the walls and floor. What are you talking about? The clinic's still there, look. No, that's the hair that grew in its place. I see. What brought you on today? No, Nick, you don't understand. There's no clinic left. There is no work. Why can't we just use the one that's made of hair? It's pretty much identical. Apparently, it's made from hair constructed from a genetically retarded sample. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of wiry, yeah. frizzy, mm-hmm. brittle, yeah. unmanageable hair. Yeah. A bit like yours, actually, Nick. Oh, yeah. It could collapse at any moment. We're all going to have to find new jobs. Oh. What break did you say you were on? So, in the twinkling of an eye, my life had changed. I was jobless, hungry... And homeless. Although, to be fair, I did have a home. And I'd just eaten 12 pasties. Then came a meeting that would change my pants forever. A strange man... Joe? Joe, what are you doing? I'm pretending to be using waxworks to pretend I'm having a dinner party with celebrity lookalikes. Well, don't. I'm trying to tell a half-hour story here. We can't keep going off on tangents. A ting, 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 ting. Oh, hang on. Dave Benson Phillips is about to make his after-dinner speech, everyone. Ooh, that should be good. Wait, no, shut up. Anyway, <clears throat> a strange man... Oh, hang on. <clears throat> a strange man stopped me as I walked home. He was very odd-looking. I noticed he only had four toes on one hand, but still, something drew me to him. The sparkle in his eyes, perhaps? His crisp, white, dark, cream, black, blue suit and hat? His lasso. Lex Manzanares de Marco, pleased to meet you. I couldn't help overhearing your conversation earlier. I had my spy listening equipment on. I hear you're looking for a new job. Yeah, yeah, I am. I spilt some, um, I mean, somebody spilt some hair fluid. I know, I know. I know a lot about you, Joe. Uh, it's Nick. I said Joe. What's all this about a job, then? Ah, yes. Well, Joe? At Nick. Barrington. Have you ever heard of Lextermination Industries? No. Exactly. And with that, he disappeared in a puff of smoke. I found him three seconds later failing to hide behind a window. Mr. Manzanares DeMarco, what are you doing? You're keen. I like that. You have a fire in your eyes and a youthful vitality in your spirit. Ah, thanks. Well, I am breaking in a new pair of pants today. So, what is Lextermination Industries? Uh, Please, not so loud, Melvin. 
L'extermination industries takes care of, uh, shall we say, the termination of contracts. Life contracts. You're a hitman agency. In a manner of speaking, Ian, yes. Less hit man, more hit tiny animals in the face with bullets. Welcome to L'extermination industries. Pest control. Oh, sorry, I mean, do you want the job? And so, in another twinkling of another eye, my life had changed again. And before I knew what was happening, I was being taken in for initiation with Lex's friend, Al Columbu. This is not playtime. Playtime is over. The games are over. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps is over! You are about to become a soldier, a train-killing machine, and if you got a problem with that, please fill in the questionnaire after the session. This world is overrun with mice, rats, slugs, cockroaches, Baba Swainian Cocalan bees, black rib flying hunter rope legged dancing spiderfish ants, Jews. They're all everywhere. We need to rid our world of every last one of them completely and without hesitation, deviation, or repetition. Or repetition. These little bummen have had their way for too long. That ends today, my friends. That ends today. Any questions? Oh, oh, yeah, Mr. Columbo, sorry. Uh, did you say at the start that playtime was over? Yes, playtime is most definitely over. Playtime is over. Thank you. Oh, uh, and what was all of the rest of it? If you hear a sound and you look around and you're pretty sure it's not you, call a pest controller. Best friend Janice said she saw something crawling on the kitchen floor But by the time you got down to have a look at it gone Call a pest controller I ain't afraid of no wasps <laughs> But I'm really afraid of moths Get them away, get them away now, I'm not even joking Gun happy, pumped full of sugar and managing to plagiarise not only the theme from Ghostbusters, but also the exact costume and copyrighted logo, which, thank God you can't see because we're in enough trouble as it is, I set out on my debut mission. It was a simple enough task. On paper. And in reality too, to be honest, it was just some mice, really. Hello? Hi, I'm Nick from the Pest Control Agency. I don't want to buy anything. Don't want any salesman. No, no, I'm, I'm here from the Pest Control Agency. I'm on my own, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, you phoned us up to get rid of some mice? Why? What are you selling? No, nothing. I'm here from the Pest Control Agency. Wait, I can't bloody hear you. Hang on, look. Here's my ID. What's this? It's my ID. Wait, I can't bloody read it. I ain't got my glasses on. Look, if I could just come in, I've got a very busy day and I really need get to... Get back! I don't know who you are or what you want, but if you're selling anything, you can clear off now. Are you deaf? No salesman. I'm not selling anything. I'm here from the pest control agency. You'll have to speak up. I'm Jeff. What are you selling? Unfortunately, during this part of the story, the old man sadly passed away. 
and due to ongoing legal proceedings, I can't go into any detail about the exact circumstances of his death, and I didn't even smother him with a pillow, so sure. up! I traced the source of the infestation down to the cellar. Slowly, I navigated my way through the darkness, guided only by faint squeaks, the overriding stench of rodent feces, and of course my 3,000-watt super-bright halogen torch. Careful. Careful. Don't make a sound. Phew, right? Concentrate, Nick. Keep very still. Very quiet. Christmas Day. Hello? Ah, there you are. How was the marathon? The what? I'm just checking on you and Nick. I didn't see anything from you in my tray this morning, and I thought, that's very strange, because you definitely said you were posting the script five days ago, and I've told all the telly people that I would forward it on to them, and now I look like a idiot! So, unless you want your arms and legs ripping clean out of their sockets and ramming right up your I suggest you get a move on and stop playing me for your You get me? Look, uh, I've, I've got to go. I'm, um, having my period. Oh, bum fun. Well, well, well. What have we got here? Shh. I'm hunting some mice. Oh, really? Well, the hunter has become the hunted. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my me. <gasps> Who the hell are you? I'm Father Christmas. Are you? Yes. Really? No. Wait, are, are you a mouse? Hmm. Let me see. Am I furry? Yeah. Big ears? Yeah. Tail? Yeah. Whiskers? Yeah? Then I'm a flicking mouse then, aren't I? Jesus, I'm toast. I suppose, but... But you can speak. No, I can't. And, and you're what, eight foot tall? Um, don't think so. You are? No, I'm not. I'm just a normal mouse. No, you're not. Look, you, you're taller than me and you're talking to me. No, I'm not. Now keep quiet, you. I'm the one asking the questions round here. Let me go. What do you want with me? I don't know. Maybe it's got something to do with this gun. That's not mine. Oh, well, then this sticker on it that reads Nick Bowden's gun, hands off, isn't yours either then, is it? Oh, yeah. But but it's nothing personal. I just needed a job, that's all. Oh, I see. You needed a job so hundreds of innocent mice have to be needlessly murdered, do they? You disgust me. You're worse than Hitler, you are. Listen, pal. We may be smaller than you, we might defecate everywhere, we might chew through electrical wires with reckless abandon, but that does not give you the right to play God. No, only I have that right, for I am Mouse God, Lord of all. Oh, those nom 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 nom. Look, Mouse. Raymond. What? My name is Raymond. Look, Raymond. I didn't ask for any of this. I'm just a cog in the machine. Your problem isn't with me. Possibly, possibly. But then again, you're the one with the big mouse-seeking gun, aren't you? Ergo, bergo, at this present time, my problem is solely with you. Is that a meat mallet? 
mind me. <gasps> Don't hit me! Oh, I see. Way to make snap judgments, mate. So just because I have a massive meat mallet in my hand, I'm a violent psychopath, am I? That's your reasoning, is it? Yeah, fine, whatever, whatever. Not like I have feelings or anything. I could be a chef or anything for all you know. Are you a chef? No, no, I use it for beating people's bones apart. What was that? That'll be my partner. Not in a gay way, you understand. I mean, I've got nothing against the homosexuals, as, as long as they don't do it in public. Or private. Not in my back passage. Mouse God created Mickey and Minnie, not Mickey and... Steve. No, when I say partner, I mean my accomplice. Say hello to Mr. Payne himself, Malcolm. Sorry I'm late. Another mutant mouse? Oh yeah, that's it. Ring that up, why don't you? Do you know how hard it's been for me all my life with people just judging me on the spot? I wanted to be a dancer, you know. But as soon as I walk into that audition room, they take one look at me and I can see it on their faces. The disgust. It cuts me like a farmer's wife's carving knife. It was just the same at school. All the bullies would make a beeline for me and punch me and steal all my cheese. It's okay, Malcolm. Malcolm thinks he's an eight-foot-talking mouse. But he is. No, 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 it's okay. You don't have to pretend to him. He needs to learn. How many of you are there? How many? Well, there's me, Malcolm, obviously. And then there's my other siblings. That's Jeff, Julian, Pat, Judith, Rodney, Stevie, Wendy, Susan, Michael, Rita, Otto, there's Jim. Philippa, Ruth, Sharon, Derek, David, Dudley, Pamela, Tom, Bobby, Robin, Jackie, Tracy, Angleport, Sideboard, Ramajama, Ping Pong, Carly, Ronnie, Billy, Fred, George, Gordon, Robbie, Howard, Jason, Mark and Sally, Michael, Linda, Paul, Lance, Beth, Earl, Rick, Dick, Sean, Bruce, Frank, Bill, Brad, Leslie, Hugh, Harriet, James, Norman, Barbara, Wayne, John, Chino, Fats, Williams, Gregory, then there's Brian, Philippa, Anthony, Stan, and... I meant how many in numbers? Oh, right, um, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, um, roughly about 900 million. You know, I wish you'd have said before I said literally every single name. Are they all your size? Calling me fat? No, uh, I meant... I know what you meant, pal. Why don't you just think before you speak, eh? I've got a good mind to slap you in the mouth for what you just said. People like you, you're all the same. You never see what's on the inside. You remember the moral, don't you? About an ordinary teddy bear. When he was made, they found something wrong with him and threw him away like a piece of old rubbish into an old dark storeroom. Then, from outer space, a spotty man brought him to life with his cosmic dust. He took him to a magic cloud where Mother Nature gave him special powers. That bear became Super Teddy. Raymond, you're... You're weeping. It's just... It's such a beautiful story. Serious plot holes, granted, but just so heartwarming. I meant are they all eight foot tall? Of course not, you big flicking ginger cake. They're all like me and Malcolm. Yeah, like he says, they're all like me and Raymond. Big gangly eight-foot-talking travesties of nature. Living blasphemies on God's green earth. Scars on the face of beauty. So what exactly do you want? What do we want? What do we want? I'll tell you what we want. 
We want to take back our rightful place as supreme rulers of Cheese World. Cheese World? I believe that you know it as Earth. By the time our plan is complete, your pathetic species will be nothing more than our slaves. That's not what we agreed, Raymond. He always goes over the top. Well, what do you want, then? What do we want? What do we want? I'll tell you what we want. We want a six-part comedy series on television. It's called the Raymond and Malcolm Comedy Madhouse. <laughs> it's wacky, it's fun, it's crazy, it's outrageous. It's a real crazy show where anything goes. I've got the script right here. Um, it's a bit small. Well, of course it is. We're only mice. What do you expect, you flicking plum? Unfortunately, the public won't accept two big eight-foot talking mice. And no amount of wigs or funny hats is going to cover that up. Oh, for flick's sake, here we go again. For the tenth time. You can't talk. And neither can I. I don't know how many times I've got to tell him. <laughs> That's weird. Me and my friend are trying to write a comedy too. We just can't seem to do it though. Nothing funny or wacky ever happens to us, so it's difficult being inspired. Oh, so you're a comedy writer as well then? Yeah, well, kind of. I mean, we've got a commission, but no scripts. And we've got scripts, but no commission. Oh well, Sylvie, nice knowing you. Now prepare to Wait, wait, wait! Look, you've got it on the wrong setting. You need to switch it from mouse to human. Oh, yeah, thanks. Right. Now prepare. Chitia. Wait, 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 wait. You've got scripts but no commission. I've got a commission but no scripts. But together... Ah. For centuries, mice and humans have been at war. And if there's one act that shows the potential of the relationship between man and mouse, then it's this. Uh-oh. You. You killed Malcolm. You're right. This does show the potential of the relationship between man and mouse. From now on, it's war. But, but I didn't mean it. I didn't even touch the gun. I, I was going to shake his hand. I should have known never to trust a human. Now you will pay for Malcolm's life with yours. What's that? What? <coughs> <coughs> from an eight-foot-talking mouse who's got a meat mallet and my gun after accidentally murdering his brother in a way which made it look almost exactly like it was on purpose. You literally couldn't script it. Oh, which reminds me, I've still got their scripts. Let's have a look. Raymond wins a holiday to America but ends up being used as a drugs mule and arrested. Meanwhile, Malcolm builds himself underneath a jigsaw. Hmm. I'm sure that one's been done in an episode of Chucklevision. Or that Les Bub thing, what was it called? Hubbub, that's it. Anyway, where was I? 
Oh yeah, running for my life. I ran and ran, but everywhere I turned, Raymond was right on my case. I've not been in this at all. Yeah, I know, Joe, but you weren't there, were you? Oh, and while we're on the subject, why didn't you come to Emily's funeral? Oh, yeah. You were supposed to be the pallbearer. Oh, yeah. You were meant to give the eulogy. Oh. But still, did it go okay? Not really, no. I accidentally said Rachel's name as the coffin was being lowered into the ground. Oops. Oh, oh well. At least you can get with Rachel now. I don't think so. She's dead, Joe. She's dead. Oh, Nick. I've been having my own wacky adventures. I met the Queen, saved 40,000 seals from poachers, went into space. I invented a new type of tea bag and ran a marathon for cancer research alongside Philip Bloody Schofield. Yeah, well, you can tell me about that in a minute. And I've had an idea for our sitcom. Oh, what is it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Get this. Joe wins a holiday to America but ends up being used as a drug mule and arrested. Listen to my story. I've nearly finished, all right. I'm at the gripping climax. Well, hurry up then. Oh, I've lost my place now. Um, oh, yeah. I ran and ran. But everywhere I turned, Raymond was right on my case. Suddenly, I came face to face with a wall. I couldn't see any way out. I turned, only to be confronted by Raymond, silhouetted in front of me. There he stood, gun in one hand, meat mallet in the other, his breath creeping around him like white cigarette smoke. We stood, man and beast, but already it was impossible to say which was which. Isn't that from Animal Farm? No, it's completely different. The creatures outside looked from pig to man, and from man to pig, and from pig to man again. But already it was impossible to say which was which. Shut up! All I could hear was my heartbeat, rhythmically counting down the few seconds I had left. No, you've ruined it now, Joe. Are you going to do these sound effects properly or not? I thought that's what you meant. So anyway, Pip Schofield says to me, Joe, what does it mean when your wee wee comes out red? Shh! Um, yeah, anyway. All I could hear was my heartbeat, rhythmically counting down the few seconds I had left. Raymond stepped closer. I shut my eyes tightly and prayed it would all be over quickly. For the glory of Cheeseworth! And that was that. I was dead. Hang on a minute. Hasta la vista, Mousey. Lex? Hello again, Joe. Uh, Nick. I said, Pete. Looks like I got here just in the Joe of time. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, how did you know I was here? Oh, just an unexplained plot twist. I see. And I have your rotor. I've been watching your progress and I'm very pleased. I'd like to promote you to my partner. Not in a gay way, obviously. Unless you're into that. You mean... Indeed, Joe. Starting Monday, you'll run the company with me. You'll get your own company helicopter, a hundred million billion pounds per annum, and a choice of stylish pastel silk ties. What do you say? That would be fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Manzanares de Marco. Uh-oh. Mr. Manzanares de Marco. 
Bum. I was really cheesed off at losing out on that job. And my arms hurt from hacking up Lexi's corpse and flushing it down the toilet. But somehow, I knew it was for the best. And so that was that. In a third twinkling of my third eye, my life was pretty much back to normal. As I walked home, I could see the hair replacement clinic being rebuilt. God works in mysterious ways. Don't you, God? Yes, mysteriously, superfluously, and mostly illegally. Oh, by the way, Nick, you do know you were fired from the hair replacement clinic three months ago. Was I? Yes. Oh. Has that got anything to do with when I was forcibly removed from the premises three months ago? Yes. Oh. What am I going to do? God knows. I mean, I knows. I mean, I don't knows. No. What a day. What a day. What the hell is the corpse of Giuseppe Listovich still doing here? Hi, Nick. Is it, Joe? Is it? What's up? The opposite of down. Oh, that's why I can't get my pants on. You're not going to believe the day I've had. I've told you before, the only thing that I believe in is the love of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus God. Christ. I've heard this. Well, I'll tell you anyway. I was there, remember? It's probably best to do Nick, it in flashbacks. Stop Paul. telling Otherwise, the story. it's going to be me talking Nick, on my own for ages. Shut up! I know, shut what up. is this? Shut Jack up! Nick, north. shut up! And as Joe's patience comes to a violent end, so must my story. Right. Happy now, little girl? Master Merling? Yes, my child? Okay. Let's just forget for a moment that I don't know what a hair replacement clinic is, or a gun, or Jack and Ori. Why did you decide to tell the story in flashback? What? Well... In essence, you just told a story about Nick telling a story. Why didn't you just tell the story and cut out the middleman? Well... It just seems like an odd way of storytelling. Uh, also, the... next time, can you tell a story with Nick and Joe in it, please? It's getting a little bit like Outcast 2003 double album, Speaker Box, slash The Love Below. I don't know what that is. Yeah, well, now you know how I feel. The Legend of Nick and Joe was written and performed by Nick Bowden and Joe Lister-Streep, with Simon Atherton as Merlin, Emma Smythe as Little Girl, Matt Risby as God, and Joe Beadle as Valerie. Additional voices were provided by Rob Miles and me, Sarah Deary. The Legend of Nick and Joe is a Jonic Versal production for Cornucopia Radio. It was recorded by Peter Beeston at Sheffield Live, the Lantern Theatre, the Rutland Arms and the Montgomery Theatre. This work is created under a Creative Commons licence. For more information, visit cornucopia-radio.co.uk slash Nick and Joe. Or Joe and Nick. Am I glad to be inside where it's warm? Hey, Grandma, what's for lunch? We're having nice, piping hot bowls of Canwell's Cheese Atomic Soup. It's sure to warm you up, both inside and outside. Canwell's Cheese Atomic Soup? I never read that before. What's in it? You know how you like tomato soup with a grilled cheese sandwich on the side? Yeah, that's my favorite. I know. Well, Canwell's Cheese Atomic Soup is a delicious tomato soup with little chunks of grilled cheese sandwich already in it. Wow, what a terrific time-saving gimmick. 
I can't wait to try it, Grandma. Just sit down and have some. Here's your bowl right here. Thanks, Grandma. Hmm. Well, what do you think? The little bits of grilled cheese sandwich are kind of soggy and mushy. Yeah, and? Uh, and, and that's just the way I like it, yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. Well, eat up. I don't want any of this crap. I want my Canwells. Good food is soup. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>